You know, we're continuing on this message series, The Art of Loving Someone You Can't Stand. And today we're talking about to do what is right. You know, throughout our journey, throughout our life, there are different types of challenging people in our life. There really are. There's all types of challenging people that we face, and it's, it's just the reality of life. There's those people who annoy us, who just get under our skin for no apparent reason. There's people I like to call the well-intentioned dragons. They mean well, but yet they just cause so much hurt in our life. And then there's the people who just flat out wrong us, who, who are, whether it's intentional or not intentional, they just hurt us so often. You see, my friends, life is a series of cause and effect. Experiences that we have throughout our life with our relationships and with the emotional situations that we've had in the past, how they affect us in the future. That's how our life is. You know, so often it's about what happens in the past and how it affects us in the future. Life is just a building block of those cause and effects in our relationships, how it affects us emotionally, and how it affects our future choices. Because so often how we conduct ourselves in the future and in future relationships has so much to do with the relationships we've had in the past and, how, and what has happened in those relationships and how we've responded in those relationships. And let's just be honest. Not everyone is easy to get along with. It's just the reality of life. Not everybody is easy to hang out with. And so often in our journey, in our life, because of past situations that we've dealt with and past relationships and and things that have happened or emotional issues that we've faced, we create uh, situational habits. And these situational habits are habits that build up within us. And it begins to conduct in how, how we operate our lives, how we conduct ourselves with different circumstances that face. And, and, and we, so often we start, doing, we, we start conducting ourselves with these habits and we don't even know why. We wonder why we start to do things, the, things that we've never thought we would do. Respond in ways that we never thought we would respond. Become a person that we never thought we'd become. And so often it's because we've, we've grown up and we built within us these situational habits that become normalcy in our life, all based upon past experiences. You see, so often our conduct is not thought out. We don't think ahead about how I respond, what I do in my life, and what it, how it may affect other people and other things. So often we become more reactionary. And reactionary responses has become the norm of our life. For example, you know, just like when you go to the doctor and he taps on your knee and you kick the doctor, right? That's a reactionary response. And the same is true in our emotional response and how we conduct our lives. If we're not careful, because of past experiences, because of past situations that we've dealt with, it creates situational habits within us that before you know it, you begin to respond to circumstances based upon causes that has happened to you in the past. It is the cause and effect of us relationally. I mean, there's no way to escape this. God created us as relational beings. We are relational beings, and every relationship that we've ever had always affects future relationships. And likewise, how we conduct ourselves in those relationships affects future relationships. And so often, unfortunately, when, when we're dealing with challenging people, when we deal with people who wrong us or we don't get our way, our response is not always that great. 
unfortunately, because our response is not thought out, our natural reaction to being wronged is taking revenge. So often in our life, when we feel we are wronged, it's, we try to get back. We try to get even. And if we do not focus on developing good habits, then oftentimes our natural drift is towards bad habits and bad choices. And this is true with our conduct, how we conduct our lives, how we respond to other people, how we deal with other people. You see, the natural drift of our hearts is always going to be away from God and the heart of God. It's just the inevitable reality. Why? Because there is sin in this world. There is brokenness in this world. And within us, we have a natural drift towards sin, towards poor choices that are opposite the heart of God. And if we're not careful, that's the natural drift. You're not going to just naturally drift into the hands of God. You're not just going to naturally drift towards making right choices. Satan's too active in this world. The devil wants to pull you away from doing what is right. And so often, we don't focus on our choices. We don't focus on our conduct. And we allow the natural drift of our hearts to take place into bad habits that we have developed because of past circumstances that we've been through. That develop these bad habits. And they just become more stumbling blocks in our life. You see, our life is built upon the foundations of relationships and experiences. Like I said, we cannot escape this reality. God created us as relational beings. Every relationship that we've ever had always affects future relationships. Every emotional situation that we've ever had affects how we handle things emotionally moving forward. That's how God wired us. That's how God created us. And every relationship we have is a building block in the foundation of who we are. Likewise, every experience that we have in those relationships is a, is a building block in the foundation of who we are. And so often, our lives are built up upon past relationships that aren't always so good. And because our foundation is built upon unhealthy relationships, unhealthy situations, we don't develop healthy habits in the future in dealing with relationships. And dealing with other people. Because within us, there is a hole that God needs to fill. We are developed as relational beings. Why? Because more than anything, God wants a relationship with us. And he is the only one that can truly fill that void. But yet, so often, we don't understand how past relationships and past experiences affect us in the future with future relationships. And how we respond. And we just let the natural drift happen in our hearts in our minds, in our attitudes, and eventually in our actions. You know, last week we talked about the, the wrestling match that we have between doing what is good and what is evil. And it's real. The struggle is real, and we need to be honest with this struggle. Because if we're not, the natural drift is, is going to be towards evil, towards getting back, towards, towards not treating people with love the way that Jesus called us to. And when we are wronged, our tendency is to pay back, to get revenge. But the Bible teaches us that we are never to take revenge. The Bible teaches us that that is not God's path. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 12, verse 17, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Paul wrote, do not repay evil for evil. 
You know, sometimes we tend to deal with what I like to call reactionary payback. You know, it's just these habits just develop within our lives. The situational habits that we talked about just develop so strongly in our lives that when people wrong us, when we feel mistreated, it's just like reactionary. We don't even think about it. It's just get them back. Get even. And sometimes we even go into autopilot. And our, our, our autopilot pilot is just built upon these habits that we've developed in our lives. And we don't even know why we're doing it or why we're responding that way or how we're acting that way. You know, <clears throat> a few weeks ago I was going to drop off mail. And I like to just pull up to the, to the drive-by mailbox and throw it in there. And this particular day it was chilly and it was raining. <clears throat> Wasn't the de- type of day that you want to get out in the weather. But then this particular day, drove up to the mailbox, and in this shopping district, someone had parked right in front of the mailbox. And of course, that's a little annoying, right? It's like, why in all this space you park right here and block the mailbox? Well, right in front of me was, a, was another person who was doing one of the same thing, just drive up and drop off their mail. Well, then when I pulled up, I noticed this person got out of the car, and they were not happy with the situation. In fact, they started yelling at every person that walked out of the post office and the store about the car being parked there. Why did you do that? And every person, what are you talking about? That's not my car. What are you yelling at me for? I saw them yell at multiple people until they found the person sitting in the car who was parked there. And then they just started flipping out on that person there. And I think, how easy could it have been just to walk up there? You're a little annoyed, yeah. Throw it in the mailbox. And go on. But I wondered, how often are we like that person? When things don't go our way, when a situation is not the way we wanted it to be, or we feel someone wronged us in some way, and then we just go into autopilot with how we respond, with how we react. No thought goes into our actions, we just go into our actions. Go into our tirade, whatever it may be. And maybe sometimes later we cool down and we, we process what just happened and we regret the person that we just were. We regret the response that we just had and we feel like, boy, I just made myself look like a complete idiot in front of all those people. Or maybe, maybe for some of us, These situational habits of how we respond to and react to certain circumstances have become such the norm of who we are that we don't even regret anymore. It just happens. And can I tell you, if that's you in that spot, that regret is gone, that's a very scary place to be. The Bible talks about this. You know, in other passages, it talks about blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. You know what that is? That is tuning out the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is God in our life, prompting us and guiding us to make right choices, to guide us towards the heart of God. And then before you know it, the more we fall into our situational habits, and these situational habits become normalcy in our life, the more we tend to tune out the Spirit of God. We just ignore Him. And we go doing our own path. This is a scary place to be. Why? Because it went from habits to the person you are. And the person that is the framework of who you are. You see, my friends, 
our conduct is so important that it needs to be thought out. It can't just be reactionary. It can't just, we can't just allow these situational habits to become norm, the normalcy of our life. We need to think through who we are and how we respond to situations. You see, careful thought and preparation must and should go into our conduct. It has to. We need to think through how we conduct our lives. We need to think through how we respond in different circumstances. The Apostle Paul, in the verse we read just a moment ago in Romans 12, 17, he said to be careful to do what is right. What he's saying here is that we need to think in advance of who we are. We need to think in advance to how we respond to circumstances we face, how we respond to people in our life, to give serious thought to do what is right. That's what Paul's saying. I mean, how often do we sit around and actually think and process, okay, how do I conduct my life? When those people do that to me, how do I respond? When that person parks in front of the mailbox and I'm annoyed, how do I respond? You can't just allow yourself to figure it out in the moment. You know why? Because you'll always make the wrong choice. The situational habits will become too strong. The drift of our hearts will take away from us. That's why Paul says, carefully consider in advance and think through how you respond in certain circumstances. How you will do what is right. As an Eagle Scout, I was ingrained with the motto to be prepared. In every situation, I should be prepared with whatever may come my way. Whether it's a cool day, a rainy day, a hot day, whatever it may be, I need to be prepared for the environment that I am going to be in. And the same is true relationally and in life. We need to constantly be prepared for the environments that we are going to be in. Even those environments that we didn't plan to be in, we should be constantly thinking through, how am I going to respond? How am I going to react? Who am I going to be? This is the people we are. We should give constant consideration and thought to our conduct and how we react. Preparing our hearts or minds for what could come our way and how people may treat us and how we respond to that. You see, in Romans, Paul is telling us to carefully think all this through. To think through our conduct. What is morally good? What is right? which is in contrast to what is evil. We should be thinking through, how can I honor God? How can I be more like Jesus in this moment and less like myself and less like the world? The main point is this. Instead of falling prey to a habitual way of responding to things, instead of seeking revenge and trying to get even and get back, we should think ahead of time of how we will react to people in our lives. People who may attack us. People who may annoy us. People who may be well-intentioned but just keeps knocking us down. By thinking this through, we can be ready to respond appropriately with good things, with the way of God. This is true in all aspects of life. You know, our heart and our desire should be constantly, how can I run towards God more? How can I honor him more? How can I walk in his path more? 
And so often we don't spend time thinking about this. We just react. We just go with the flow. And then, why, then we wonder why we keep making poor choices or get ourselves in bad consequences. This is so important because we have to be mindful of who and what we represent. This is bigger than me. You know, for example, I am a Balbock. That's my last name. I re- represent this name. And it's my desire to try to be a person that represents this name well. So that when people see a Baalbach, they think, oh, those are good people. Those are good people. You know, even bigger than that, I am a Christian. And I bear the name of Christ. My conduct represents that name. This is significant for us to understand because it's bigger than us. Our situational conduct is so important because we have the opportunity to bear witness to the name of Jesus. When people see us, if we claim to follow Jesus, when people see us, they view him. And how we respond to certain circumstances is how they tend to view him. We are his ambassadors. We are his witnesses. And Jesus taught us in the Gospels that we are to be the light on the hill the city on the hill that people see us, that no one should hide our lights, that we should never dim out our lights. We need to be his light and that our light should shine before all men. And then in Matthew 5, 16, Jesus goes on to say in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That they may see how you conduct your life and that how you conduct your life may cause them to glorify their Father in heaven. My friends, we should always be sensitive to how we conduct our lives and how other people view who we are so that we don't cause anyone to stumble. So we are not someone who causes someone to reject Jesus because of how we reacted, how we responded. We should never give anybody a reason to mock God because of how we reacted how we responded. You know, earlier in one of Paul's letters to the Romans, Paul addresses the people and how they sometimes live double standard lives. They, they claim to follow the law. They claim to say, this is how you need to live. This is how you need to react. This is how you need to conduct your lives. But then they would live double standard lives and do the very things they said you should not be doing. And they would just continue that lifestyle. Paul wrote these words in Romans 2, verses 23 and 24. You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Ouch. Those are some hard words. Paul is saying that we need to strive to conduct our lives in such a way that we don't give people a reason to mock God. I don't want that indictment on me. Bill, you claim to follow God, but because of how you conduct yourself outside of this place, how you conduct yourself with others in this world, and how you respond to people, people are going against God because of you. I don't want that burden on me. I desire when people see me, they see Jesus. Our conduct is one of the greatest lights that we can give to this world. People will see your life before they'll ever hear 
your message about Jesus. And they'll make their decision based upon our conduct. How we conduct ourselves is significant to being his light. This is not perfection. Don't mistake it with that. We all mess up. We all fall short. But when we mess up and we fall short, it's about getting back up and making the next right choice. Running back towards the heart of God. If the normalcy of who you are is to go off the rails, to argue, to yell, to, to run up and down the street corner yelling at people because you were wronged. When you try to seek paying back people who, who wrong you to, to, to get even with other people, then I need to be very blunt with you. This is not following the heart of God. This is following the heart of man and the path of the world. We need to be people who carefully think through and prepare who we are and how we conduct ourselves when we are wronged, when we're dealing with difficult people. You know, we, resent, we represent something bigger than ourselves. And this all comes down to our focus. All comes down to your focus. When we're wronged, it is as if we go into this war mentality. Just get back, get even, get, seek revenge. And our focus tends to be more about winning this war in our life than fighting for peace. And you see, our goal as followers of Jesus is to be ambassadors of peace. When we feel we are wronged, our focus is not to win the war, but to win the peace. That's our focus. This means we don't antagonize people. We don't beat people down. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We should be the ones in this world who makes peace happen. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, called us peacemakers. He said, blessed are those who are peacemakers. You see, here's the hard reality, though. Peace is not always possible. Paul even wrote about it. As far as it depends on you, you strive for peace. But the hard truth is peace is not always possible. The other person may not have any interest in peace. They may not have any desire to follow suit and to strive for peace. And you cannot control their response. You cannot control how they choose to do things. We need to focus on our responsibility as peacemakers. We have no control over them. You control your response and how you walk. The path towards peace, we have to think through our actions. How we respond to people. How we conduct ourselves in situations when things don't go our way. And go out of our way to do good. To do what is right. That's what God calls us to be. That's what he calls us to do. But you see, with all that said, we need to understand that peace is not just getting along. Peace is not just saying, okay, let, let's just get along with each other and, and forget about, you know, what is truth. You see, my friends, peace does not compromise truth. And we need to break this unspoken myth. Peace does not compromise truth. Peace is not the absence of conflict. It is not looking the other way when people are choosing to go against God. True peace is found in truth. That's where peace is found. 
We will never find true peace in our heart and our life in the absence of truth. It will never be there. Why? Because Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And in him there is peace. You want peace in your heart. You want peace in your life. You want peace in your relationships. It must be centered around his truth. It has to be. That's where it's found. The lack of truth, all it develops is turmoil. It's written in Hebrews 12, 14. To make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You see, ultimately, our journey is to try and walk towards holiness. Holiness. You know what that is? Holiness is just a fancy word that means I'm walking to become more like Jesus and less like the world. That's holiness. And true peace is found in the path towards holiness. You know why? Because it's in holiness where we find the real relationship we're longing for. And that's Jesus. We will never be able to have good relationships in our life. There will always be brokenness if we're not focusing on our relationship with Jesus. He is the one who will bridge the gap in our relationships and bring peace to it. You know, peace is not the dismissal of truth. It's not. We need truth to guide us towards peace. In fact, peace is found through Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate reality of peace. But he also walked in truth. And if you read through the gospel stories, you will see that Jesus was openly opposed on many occasions. Many times people walked away from him because of his truth. Jesus revealed that there needs to be a balance of peace and truth. That in truth is where you find peace. And we need to understand that balance. We are to strive for peace, but peace is not the highest virtue. The highest virtue we need to strive for is holiness. Without holiness, there will be no peace. Because without holiness, we're missing out on the reality of God. Peace is nothing without holiness. This is the journey towards wisdom. You see, wisdom is the path towards peace, my friends. This all centers around wisdom. Wisdom is not necessarily what you know. You can have all the book knowledge you want. You can have all the knowledge the world can give. But you may not be a wise person. A wise person is what you do with the knowledge that you have. And the more we know God and the more we understand who Jesus is and who we are in Jesus, the wiser we become in how we conduct our lives and what path we should take and what journey we should go on. God's wisdom is pure. And God's wisdom is peace. And it guides us in that path. It's written in James 3 verses 17 through 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. That's where it's found. Seeking the heart of God. See, life is full of cause and effect. Things that have happened to us and how it affects our conduct in the future. How it affects our choices. And how it affects our, how we react in relationships. 
and our past relationships and experiences affect how we respond in future relationships. But we need to think through our conduct, how we respond to certain circumstances. Our journey in our relationships, our path towards peace, must be the journey towards holiness. Seeking to connect him more. You see, this is not about trying to be be a better person, trying to do what is right. The more you just try on your own, the more you're going to fail. You know why? Because we were, we, we're imperfect people. But the more we race towards connecting with God, that's where holiness is found. The Bible teaches us the more we connect to him, the more he guides us into the reality of who we are in him. And the more we find out who we are in him, the more we understand how we conduct ourselves in situations in life with relationships we have, and how we respond. It's all about engaging Jesus more and connecting with him more. So where are you at? Where are you at? You want to have the best relationships in your life? You want to conduct yourself better in your relationships? You've got to connect with him more. It has to start there. See who you are in him. If you're here today and you're trying to figure out that question, who you are in him, we'd love to talk to you. You can just write on your Connect card, help me learn more about Jesus, and we would love to set up a time to talk to you about that. Or you can talk to somebody at the Engage Impact booth at the back of the service, or if you're online, you can reach out to the host and they'll help point you in the right direction. But this is all about the path towards holiness, all about the path towards seeking the heart of God seeing who we are in him because ultimately he's the void that's missing and he's the void that can help in how we conduct ourselves in all the relationships that we have let's pray together father in heaven we come before you right now and we thank you because you are good and in this moment lord jesus help us to see you more clearly help us to know you more fully Lord, I know so often because of how the things that we've been through in the past, it affects how we respond in the future. And so often we create these habits in our life and how we conduct ourselves. But Lord, may we just start thinking through who we are and how we conduct ourselves. Be prepared for moments that we may experience. And Lord, in this moment, may we just run towards you. Lord, so often the brokenness in our heart is because we don't even know who we are in you. But Lord, right now, help us to see our value in you. Help us to see who we are in you. And may you make us whole. It's in your name we pray. Amen.